0: both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Adelaide hewitt mills
1: is just going to be another building block of what God is doing for us this weekend. Our theme of course is Psalms 4 and 8 taste and see the goodness of God and we've experienced it all day long. And we have an extra special treat because I just found out that you can get in contact with your families and friends and let them know that the International Women of Faith Conference is actually live on YouTube right now. So if you want to take your phone out, let them know so that they can come and be with us as we experience the goodness and greatness of God. That would be absolutely phenomenal. But I'm not going to waste any time. We want to move on to the next phenomenal gift. And so we have coming to us now Episcopal Sister Adelaide Hayward Mills. Hallelujah. Shall we share a word of prayer? Father, thank you for this time. We hallow your presence with us. Thank you for International Women of Faith Ministry. Thank you for how far you have brought them. Thank you for your faithfulness over the years and thank you that today they stand here 10 years since they began to testify to your unfailing love. Father, this evening I humble myself under your mighty hand. I pray that you speak through me. Let me speak as of the oracles of God. Let your word fall on good soil, and let your word reap much, much fruit to the glory of your name. I ask for your unction. I ask for your anointing. I ask for your grace and your enabling power. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Please take your seats. Hallelujah. Well, it's a privilege to be here, and also a privilege to be chosen by God to be a vessel that He wants to use this evening. You could have used many vessels. I always counted a privilege that God would choose. A vessel of clay like me. Amen. Well, I bring you greetings from Ghana. And um, having thanked God for this opportunity, I also want to thank my husband, Bishop Dag. Under whose covering I stand. Amen. Amen. And I want to greet all the women of God and men of God here. I honor you. I may not know all the names, but God knows all the names. And also for you, wherever you are seated, thank you for being here. It's um, <laughs> it's a privilege to have you sit here, to listen to a vessel of clay—not even of gold, but of clay—because the Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. What a privilege and a grace to serve God. Amen. I also want to salute Sister Salitina and, and greet her also and um, acknowledge her tenacity and courage over the years to stick to it up to ten years. Many of us would have given up, especially during COVID. But here we are, which means that she has kept at it. God bless you for enduring up until now. And we all know that ministry is hard work. I say that I practiced law for 10 years, but when I compare, I think that ministry is harder. And then I heard my husband say, Yes, I worked as a doctor, but ministry is harder. So I saw that in the mouth of two witnesses, things had been established. Amen. And I want to also greet all the lady pastors. Well, today, it's um, your anniversary, as it were. And your theme is taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. So I want to speak about being thankful And um, it's from a book by Bishop Dag. How Can I Say Thanks? And I pray that this um, short time we spend together will be a profitable time in his presence. And I pray also that it will not end here because there's a bookstable outside and uh, it's not to profiteer from you, but Usually when you teach God's word, you don't have much time. So Christians must seek the treasure. As women, we seek weave on, we seek makeup, we seek fashion, we seek different things. But let's seek divine things. Let's seek the word of God. Let's invest in God's word and see him transform our lives. Amen. So I want to speak about be thou thankful, be thou thankful. Amen. Now 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 to 5. Are you there? If you are not there, but you know where to find the latest fashion in town, then please, we have to rearrange our priorities. Amen. God is not against your looking good, but God is against your Putting first things last and last things first. So God is against misplaced priorities. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 3 is talking about the last days. And it says that the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. How How true it is. We see it all around. Covetous, boasters, proud blasphemous which means they speak against holy things disobedient to parents here's the word I'm looking for unthankful and holy without natural affection we are seeing it all around us truth breakers false accusers incontinent fierce despisers of those that are good traitors heady high-minded lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Amen. Now there's a list of 18 vices or so 18 things that are not not uh, um, praiseworthy here and among it are blasphemous unholy, without natural affection Incontinent, fierce, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. But one of the key words is that in the last days, people shall be unthankful. And you wouldn't usually think that you would find unthankful among these 18 um, vices because you think, oh, unthankfulness is just a feeling, unthankfulness may be just a mood. But I learned in law and the interpretation of statutes that when you put something together as a family, it means that they carry the same weight. So unthankfulness is the same as being blasphemous. Unthankfulness is the same as being a lover of pleasure more than a lover of God. Unthankfulness is being without natural affection. Unthankfulness is the same as being a truce breaker. Amen. And usually, even with our children when they are growing up, we teach them all the time to say thank you. And well, in my home, we give you something, and when you don't say thank you, we say, What should you say? And the child will say, Thank you. So it has become something trite and almost cultural because, well, in Africa. We taught ourselves that uh, we, we are more respectful, used to be, and uh, we respect authority better, and we are conscious of, you know, you must say thank you. And, but this thank you is not a cultural thing. It is a spiritual thing. Amen. And God is calling on us after 10 years of his faithfulness. After 10 years of going through hell, high water, and all the changing scenes of this life, he has brought us here. And therefore, we need to learn to say thank you. Amen. When you say thank you, you fulfill an important spiritual principle. Being thankful is indeed also a spiritual condition. Saying thank you is a weapon. We'll come to that. Being thankful fights evil spirits. Being thankful creates an atmosphere for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I just want to quickly run through the power of being thankful. And when we look at Philippians 4, 6, it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving with thanksgiving. We are good at prayer. We are good at supplication. Supplication is asking God to supply your needs and he's not against that but he says that after you have prayed, after you have asked for him to supply your needs, add thanksgiving. Amen. So when he says be anxious for nothing but in everything, it means that Thankfulness is also a continuous and a continual thing in everything by prayer. Therefore, in everything by thankfulness. Amen, somebody. So when it says that by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, it's supposed to be part of our prayer lives. It's supposed to be part of our everyday way of behaving. Amen. But usually... We forget to be thankful. And I pray that as God has brought us through 10 years, he will cause us to have a thankful spirit. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you thankful? It is is possible to say a lot in your prayer. Lord, do this for me. Lord, move for my children. Lord, this my husband. Lord, this my dad. Lord, my finances. Lord, my... But there's no thankfulness. And that doesn't make our prayers complete. Amen. Not saying thank you for anything is a sign that we are not grateful in our hearts. You see, thank you is not just what you say with your lips. It's an attitude, it's a condition of your spirit. And it's 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 something that must emanate from within you. Amen. Psalm 106 verse 1 to 3. Praise ye the Lord, all oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can show forth all his praise? Blessed are they that keep judgment and he that doeth righteousness at all times. Beloved, we may even have to write down and note the mighty acts of God. Amen. Because the psalmist says, who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? And then he says, all give thanks unto the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. Now, what I have observed by being in churches, including mine, and praise and worship sessions, is that most of the time when we are being encouraged to be thankful to God, what we hear is um, there are a number of people in the mortuary, you could be part of them. Uh, you've been traveling and now God has delivered you. Uh, some people in Africa or Ethiopia don't have food to eat but we in America we have food to eat well I have news for you a lot of people in Africa have food to eat but that's by the way and um, and on and on it goes like that but I see that these days in the body of Christ we don't praise him for spiritual things we don't praise him for our salvation we don't praise him because he's good we don't praise him or thank him for his mercy The Bible says, praise him, for he is good. So the nature of God is something to be thankful for. Amen. But it's not in our prayers. It says, for he is good, and his mercies endure forever. But I don't see in our prayers of people saying, God, thank you that I'm saved. Thank you that you sent your son to die for me. Thank you that you've delivered me from hell. Thank you that I'm a spirit man and I can commune with you. Thank you that I have access into the Holy of Holies because of the blood. Thank you that because of you, I have passed from death to life. It's not part of our, it's not part of our thanks. We have become like the world. We're always thanking for tangible things but the intangibles are greater. Amen, ladies. For he is good, and his mercy endures. The Bible says, it, it is of the mercies of the Lord that we are not consumed. That's one of my favorite topics because sometimes even God's judgment will be coming towards you, you don't know. And you feel so self-righteous that you have done everything right. But as for mercy, you can always run into it. The Bible says, "Judgment, mercy triumphs over judgment. So whatever the judgment, his mercy comes and puts us over. And yet, you never hear us thanking him for you are merciful. Your mercy endures forever. Amen. Sometimes we don't even know what to thank God for. But when we look at Psalm 103, The psalmist will say, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not, forget not, forget not all his benefits. All his benefits. Beloved, his benefits are not only physical. The first thing the psalmist mentions, who forgives us all our iniquities? Amen. Forgiveness is something to be thankful for. Forgiveness, no matter how old you are in the faith, the fact that God's mercy and forgiveness has found you is something to be thankful for. Yes, you are thankful for that new handbag. Yes, you are thankful for that raise at, at work. It's all right, but there are some intangibles, things that don't change, his nature, who he is. And we should be thankful for that. Amen, somebody. Saying thanks and saying thanks well is a constant part of prayer. Now, Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which you are also called in one body. And be ye thankful. And be ye thankful. It wasn't right to unbelievers. He was writing to the brethren in in, in Colossae. Amen? You come from Colossae, you are a Colossian. And he says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which you were called, and be thou thankful. Some of us look and say, Lady Reverend, a lot has happened. there's nothing to be thankful for. I'm coming to that. amen Amen. some of us have learned to say thank you because it's part of our culture even we teach our children like i say but there are many unthankful and ungrateful people who have learned how to say thank you but you see god judges by the heart and not just by the mouth being thankful is a spiritual state it is a state of constant gratitude It is a state of singing, praising, and thanking God. It is a state of great appreciation. It is important to appreciate all the good things that God has done for us. It is possible to say thank you without being thankful. Amen. And so the second point was that being thankful is an attitude. And so the Bible tells us, be thou thankful. So it it just doesn't just happen. Be thou thankful. It's almost like a command. Be thankful. Be a grateful person. Be somebody who writes down what God has done. Many years ago, I was at a ladies' conference, and um, I was talking about being thankful and appreciating their husbands. And so we passed papers around, and they were supposed to write 10 things that you are thankful for. In your husband now I saw that the papers were not coming forward quickly so as I walked through I came across blank pages and I asked some people why haven't you written because lady Reverend there's nothing to write I said it's not possible but that was before we had delved into the word so after the word then I think that people's hearts were turned I said that yes you feel that now you are married to a monster. But that marriage to the monster has led you humbly to a charismatic church because you are a very standoffish person and your nose was in the air. But God used that man to bring you into his presence. So say, God, thank you for using that channel to bring me to the saving knowledge of Jesus. There's so much to be thankful for. Even somebody to quarrel with is a blessing. Amen. When your spouse travels and the house is quiet, even somebody to say that, why did you put the towel here? Why did you, there's nobody like that. All these are things to be thankful for in Jesus' name. Amen. Thirdly, being thankful is a weapon. Being thankful is a weapon. Let's turn our Bibles to John 6. And we are reading from 5 to 15. John chapter 6. Some of you think, John is that boy you liked in high school. No, it's a book in the Bible. (laughs) I would like to inform you. Amen. (laughs) John chapter 6, reading from verse 5. Lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him. Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? Jesus is posing a question to Philip as if he, Jesus, has a problem. That Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? Mm. He said this to test him. And I'm surprised that Philip didn't know that. A whole Jesus is asking you, Where are we going? He's he's behaving as if he has a problem. And instead of you saying that he's God, so this question is not a question, you are quickly coming to answer. He then said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to even get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish but what are they for so many jesus said have the people sit down now there was much grass in the place so the men sat down about five thousand in number jesus then took the loaves and when he had given thanks and when he had given thanks he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Amen. Now when you read verse 23 of that same chapter, it says that John 6. No, there's no verse 23, is there? Ah, yes. Yes. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. After the Lord had given thanks. Amen. It is interesting to note how Jesus used thankfulness to release one of the greatest ever miracles. Jesus was surrounded by 5,000 hungry men. It is said that they didn't count women and children. So it is believed that he fed more than 5,000. Okay? And he was able to feed all of them with some to spare. When he was surrounded by an impossible situation, he gave thanks first. You would have complained that five loaves and two fish, what are we going to do? Let's look for the most vulnerable amongst them and share it for them, small, small. And then the others should wait. And then we'll organize somebody to town. Today we may even call Uber Eats or Deliveroo to bring food. And then we will do this and that. Jesus knew that there was an impossible situation. But when he said, have them sit down, he gave thanks. Giving thanks is a weapon in impossible situations. Giving thanks is a place that God brings you to so that you will see his miracle power. Amen. So Jesus, we say feeding of the 5,000, feeding of the 5,000, but we never stop to say his first thing was to give thanks. The Bible says he gave thanks before he broke the bread. Now this miracle ranks as one of the greatest ever to be performed by Jesus. Because when the people saw that he had fed 5,000 people with his basket of bread, they were so amazed they came to make him king. There's no miracle in the Bible, healing of the sick, the lame, the whatever, the blind Bartimaeus. They never wanted to make him king. But by giving of thanks, there was a stupendous miracle that led the people to even make him change his vision to become their king. This is what God does when we are thankful. Amen. He only gave thanks over the bread and few fishes that he had. something that looks inadequate when you have something that looks like not enough when you look at something that looks like a problem do you give thanks over it knowing that his touch will make a difference I was talking to LPBM and some others and I said that as for me I believe that we in full time ministry we, we, we experience multiplication because I don't see how Sometimes we, we even have money to do the things we do because you know your pay. You know what you are getting. You know how you are living. But before you know, you are able to do a lot of things and you don't understand it, you know. It's not like the magicians who say bring your money and then we'll multiply it. Jesus gives thanks and by giving thanks, there's a divine touch over your problem, over your life over whatever it is that you are presenting to him. Amen. He didn't pour oil on the bread. He did not dip the bread into holy water. He did not fast and pray over the bread. He did not even offer a formal prayer. All he did was to give thanks. Giving thanks is a mighty key to working great miracles. Amen. Perhaps you'll see the greatest miracles of your life when you give thanks, and when you stand before an impossible situation, give thanks to God. Lift up your hands, give thanks to God. As you stand before the Red Sea, as you stand before difficult situations, wondering how it's going to part, lifting your hands and giving thanks makes a way for you. As you stand before that impossible situation of sickness, disease, horror, pain, lift up your hands and give thanks. And his touch will make all the difference. Hallelujah. We have to avoid unthankfulness because it is a sign of the last days. Hmm. Unthankfulness in a person is a door to many evils. Romans 1 verse 21. Because when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Amen. This scripture shows us that many of the evils and perversions in this world come through unthankfulness. When men discovered more about God's creation and discovered the beautiful earth that God had made, they were not thankful. When they discovered planets, when they discovered the moon, the stars, they were not thankful to God. And because they were unthankful, the Bible says they became vain in their imaginations. As I was meditating on this, I realized that in Ghana, our, in our local language, we say medase, which means that I'm lying under, I'm lying low, shida, you are going down, Shishin. you are going under, and thankfulness is a sign of humility. And it's a sign that God is the source of everything. And it saves you from vain imaginations. Amen. Because we have a lot of imagination, especially as God prospers us. Then we begin to ask people, do you know who I am? We know that you are dust like everybody else. That's what you are. And you are trying to glorify that dust. But we don't understand. You should thank Procter and Gamble and all these uh, Uh, pharmaceutical companies which create uh, toothpaste, deodorant because you stink naturally. You don't have to do anything. You just have to sleep overnight and wake up and you just stink. But if you would know that this body is so intricate, somebody must have created it. This universe is too much. Somebody must have had a hand in it. But when you do not glorify God in your mind and you are unthankful, he gives you over to vain imaginations. That's why when people say what they are thinking, you are surprised. You say, ah, are they mad? They are mad because there's no thankfulness towards God. Amen. My husband's lecturer, when they entered uh, medical school, the first day anatomy, and they were showing them they would be cutting the body and all that. Then the lecturer said, If human beings are like animals or like sheep or goats, then sheep and goats are better. Because as if at least when they die, they are used for human meat and consumption. But when human beings die, they are used for nothing. And that should show us that human beings are more than animals. Surely, there's a heaven, there's a hell, there's eternity. There must be something. So that vain imagination. You see, you were very humble when you joined the church. Because you didn't have anything. And we could tell you, oh, please sit here. Oh, please wait for five minutes. But when you became big, even your week can go through the door. And so it's not easy. So when we say, oh, please sit here. You say, do you know who I am? My degree is more than the thermometer. My this is more than this. My... But when you are thankful, you will always know That if it had not been for the Lord on our side, then may Israel say, if it had not been for the Lord on our side, where would we be? If it had not been for God's graciousness, where will you be? Amen. And that keeps you humble. God doesn't call us into ministry to make us stars. Nowadays, it's like we are stars because um, I just want to bless hey I want to bless you and I was, look we didn't come to look at you we came to see Jesus amen when you learn uh, much learning you become beside yourself you learn uh, you study you you you, say, mm. you see when I was younger I just had a first degree but now my degree's they can't even come through the door. So when you come to church you say, "Oh, please help us arrange chairs." Say, mm, they don't know who I am. I'm above that arranging chairs. What intelligence does it take to arrange chairs? As for me, I'm not into those things. That church, they are always trying to tell you what to do. I was watching Fox TV a few days ago and a legal case had been brought to allow Satanist clubs in high schools, after school clubs, and they have won the case. Of course, ACLU is backing them seriously. But they had a meeting with some of the kids, and the Satanist was standing there and they said, This book, they opened the Bible, said, this book, it has dominated us for too long, always trying to tell us what to do, always trying to rule us, therefore we rip it. And they opened the Bible, they preach about hell. They, they, they tell us this. They try to control. I couldn't believe it. And as I sat in my hotel room, I said, God, I don't have any weapon, but I have the weapon of my mouth. I said, "Cursed, cursed be your deeds. Cursed be the things you are doing. Cursed May it never work. May the blood stand against you. Because that's the weapon that I have. And what has made us that way? We are developed. We've gone to the moon and back. Vain imaginations. That if we were thankful, it will make us sober. Even in our marriages, if we were thankful. You know? I used to um, work at the, uh, now America, you say the DA's office, the Attorney General's Department. And then, I used to intentionally say things to annoy my colleagues. When they are looking nice, I say, hey, you are really spending your husband's money. My husband's money, I work, I earn money. It's not my husband's money. And, and then I was oh, it's his money. Sadly, so why do you say that? We don't like it at all. Whatever. You see, vain imagination, small elevation. That God lifted you. And then when they say that, oh, tell your husband that thank you for choosing me. Ah, I rather had a lot of boys to choose from. <laughs> so what are they talking about? <laughs> And the husband used to say, "I did you a favor by choosing you." Meanwhile, when they were chasing you, they were so humble, so 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 humble. When they were after you, they were so humble. How are you, baby? How is it, baby? Oh, I'll wait for you. Oh, I'll go with you. And now they have mounted the throne. So it's not. He said, "Count yourself blessed that I chose you. Look, no. be thou thankful." Vain imaginations must go. Amen. Thankfulness brings you to a place of humility. Even when God calls you into the ministry, if you're able to say, thank you for putting me in the ministry, it's a privilege to serve you. Not, I've come as a, a man of power, a man of the moment, and then you have yes but if it had not i asked my husband i said why is it that when some people preach and then you see there is so how how was the preaching i checked the word i actually checked the word i gave the word i was really under the unction and i said okay it's all true but excuse me if it were not the bible will you have anything to say you will not have anything to say it's just because god has written something so you see Thankfulness. Thank you for putting me in the ministry. Every time I'm invited to preach somewhere, I just think God could have chosen so many vessels. Why me? Why me? And it brings you to a place of thankfulness. Thank you for even making me to be considered. Thank you for opening doors of ministry. Thank you for opportunity to serve you. Amen. And all that will take care of vain imagination. Which is what has happened to God's creation. Amen. LPBM, you are my timekeeper. (laughs) Saying thanks is a weapon that neutralizes diseases in your food. One day, years ago, a lady walked into my office and then she said, Oh, I'm thirsty. And I said, oh, I have some drinks in my, my fridge. But and she said, please, do you have Coke? I said, I don't have Coke. Because, you know, when you hit 40 and beyond, you don't have to be drinking these things so freely. And she said to me, oh, mommy, take the Coke, cast out the demons, and drink it. <laughs> drink as much as you want. I said, I have not seen that verse. <laughs> if we could do that, we'll cast things out of everything. But having said that, <clears> 1 <throat> <First> Timothy 4, <laughs> verse 3 to 5. So that's another point that giving thanks is a weapon that neutralizes diseases in food. Amen. 1 Timothy, are we there? Verse 4. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. King James says it is sanctified by prayer and thanksgiving so praying over food actually sanctifies the food because food is contaminated with so many things but we we we, we don't make it deep it's like oh it's just food. oh god i forgot to pray you know one of my daughters she'll say oh god i forgot to pray please sanctify the food in my stomach but before you eat it, it is sanctified by prayer and thanksgiving and thanksgiving and thanksgiving. We are not really thankful for provision of food that God has given us food. because, ah, food, I can afford it. I can buy it. So I just order and I eat it. Why should I say thanks? But saying thanks delivers you from sickness and disease. You see, the things of God seem so simple. And yet they are so powerful. So Paul is saying to Timothy, for it is sanctified by prayer and thanksgiving. We need to take our prayers over our food very seriously. Why would it need to be sanctified if it was not unholy? Why why would it need to be sanctified if it's not unsanctified? It has to be sanctified because it's not whole. Amen? And that even, you see thankfulness goes into every area of our lives and delivers us from so many things it may not be 30 days of fasting but just that thanksgiving over that food will deliver you from sickness and disease amen thanking thanksgiving is your master key to killing gems viruses and bacteria in this era of pandemics you cannot afford not to say thank you before you put anything in your mouth. Every drink you have, every sandwich you eat, every muscle of food you, must, you take in must be sanctified, sanitized, and disinfected by Thanksgiving. Remember, God has given you something more powerful than 99% sanitizers. He has given you something more powerful than Dettol and hydrogen peroxide mouthwash. The power of thanksgiving will completely filter out every evil thing that wants to enter you through the pork, the beef, the fish, the rice, the eggs, the bread, the salad, and the porridge that you eat. Amen. Hmm. Thanksgiving should be used as a key to getting near to God's presence. Psalm 100 verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Psalm 95 verse 2, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. Thanksgiving again is a master key to experience the presence of God. You will notice how many churches experience the presence of God by entering the gates with praises and thanksgiving. Amen. That is why sometimes demons fill the atmosphere around us. It is because of our continuous discontentedness. As opposed to thanksgiving, grumbling introduces demons into our lives. Thanksgiving introduces the presence of God, whereas grumbling introduces demons. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10. Hmm. Are we there? Hmm? Hmm. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto us for or examples. And they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are. Amen. Maybe I should read a modern version. Nor grumble, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. The opposite of thanksgiving is grumbling. And when we grumble, it is not that even God gets angry, but we open the door to the destroyer. And the Bible says, Neither murmur ye as they murmured, and were destroyed by the destroyer. I used to think that you could complain if the facts were true. But one day I was having my quiet time, and the Lord said to me, Everything the Israelites experienced were true. Did they come to a place of thirst? It was true. They didn't know what they were going to eat. Did they uh, to drink? Did they come to a place where The waters were bitter. Yes, even more so that it was called Mara. Did they come to a place where they didn't know what they were going to eat? Yes. And he gave daily manna and told them not to store any. Did they come to a place where the Egyptians were chasing them and the Red Sea was ahead? Everything was real. Everything was true. So we don't grumble because the things are true. Amen? We grumble. Have I said right? We grumble because we think that things are true. But the fact that the things are true is not a place for you to grumble. You grumble that this man is wicked. You grumble that things are not going well. You grumble that there's a cost of living problem. They are all real. But when you grumble, instead of thanksgiving, instead of bringing the presence of God, you you bring the destroyer. Into your life, and he destroys you. That's why the scriptures keep telling us, "Be thou thankful, be thou thankful." Amen. Some of us have to repent this evening of grumbling, and some of you, grumbling is your nature. Your friends don't tell you, but when they see you say, hey, "We almost about everything," and we get tired of you, that. Hey. But when you come say, give thanks, sister. Hey, my problem, it hasn't changed you, but I have changed. God has made me a better person. Although my problem has not changed, I have changed. So I can see God at work in me, and I'm thankful for it. Amen. Neither grumble as some grumbled and were destroyed by the destroyer. The fact that the things are there to make you afraid doesn't mean your your fear is justified. Amen. The fact that the things are there for you to complain doesn't mean you are justified to complain. But when you enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, the presence of God comes down and things begin to happen. But When you grumble, the opposite happens. The destroyer, comes into your life and destroys you. You see, some of us, personality-wise, we are skewed negatively. Every pro- everything we discuss, you want to tell us 25 reasons why it won't work, but there are five reasons why it will work. <laughs> but you are so programmed towards why it will not work. So you don't even know that you are like that. You say, Amir, I see the realities. I have to say the realities. Never thankful about anything. May the Lord deliver us from the destroyer. Amen. Amen. Be thankful to God's servants who are sent to you. 1 Thessalonians 5.12 By request of you, brethren, that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction. It is important to be thankful for the servants of God. It's important to be thankful to the president of Women of Faith. Don't say that, hey, every year, May, she's calling us. Every year, May, she's disturbing us. <laughs> when the pandemic came, then you saw that there's another life somewhere. Anyway, Paul says that appreciate those who labor among you diligently and have charge over you some of us we resent authority and give you instruction it is very easy to become ungrateful and discontented with the servants of god and the servants god has sent you because they are human when moses was leading the children of israel they became discontented and began to speak many evil things about him instead of being thankful that god had sent one of the greatest prophets to lead them they were filled with evil spirits and grumbled continually against the servants of God. As we develop the spirit of thankfulness, we should learn to be appreciative of God's servants. God's servants are God's gift to us because Ephesians 4.11 says he gave gifts of prophets, teachers, pastors, and the whole group. Okay? God sends you his love by sending you his servants, and you must appreciate that. I'm running to the finishing line. The next thing is, thank God in everything. Thank God in everything. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything. In everything. You see, it's not easy to give God thanks in everything. And it's not easy to give God thanks in everything seemingly dismal and very dark situations but in it you can still give thanks and this verse 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says in everything give thanks and then another verse says for everything give thanks Ephesians 5.20 giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we should thank God in every circumstance of our lives. Be thankful to God in everything, no matter what is happening in your life. And the next scripture is what I read to you, Ephesians 5, which says, Thank God for all things. Give thanks for everything. This is what the Bible teaches us. Thank God for the good. Thank God for the bad. Thank God for the ugly. I have learned lately, as I went through a very dark and going through a very dark season of my life, and I was asking myself, how, how, you know, it was declared in our church our year of thanksgiving, and I'm like, how do you thank God? But as soon as whatever happened, and I would go to prayers, God, I want to talk to you. I would say what I didn't understand, what I had problems with, but I'll come away saying, but I know that your word says all things work together for good to them that love you and to them that are called according to your purpose. I don't see how this is going to work for my good, but I stand on your promises. And I say that let this situation work together for our good. Let it work together for our good. I don't know how, but I thank you that you know how. Amen. So in it, you are thanking him. But you are not thanking him as if it's not painful. You are thanking him that it's painful. You are thanking him that it's a dark season. But you are thanking him that he is able to turn it around. Because Joseph said, you meant it for evil, but God turned it around for good. Therefore, we can pray that God, I see this as evil, but you have the ability to turn it around for my good. How? I don't know. But that is why you are God. Amen, somebody. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God. It is his will in Christ Jesus concerning you. The popular story we talk about is Paul and Silas. When they had been beaten and all that. And then they were singing hymns, you know. But sometimes the hymns are not, oh Lord, bring it on, I need more. What is that hypocrisy? You say, Lord, this load is heavy. But you are able to turn what is meant for evil by the enemy into my good. And I just want to trust you for that. I pray that as women of faith go through these 10 years, I pray that from this meeting, you will develop a thankful spirit and a thankful heart. And when you are thankful, you also have to show your gratitude to God. Amen. How do you show your gratitude to God? Mm. Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26, 12 to 18. I will not read all. Whereupon as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest at midday, O King, I saw in the way a light from heaven. Paul is describing how Jesus met him on the way to Damascus and how God gave him a ministry There and then. Because it says, but rise and stand upon your feet. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. To make thee a minister and a witness of the things which thou hast seen. Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles. To open their eyes and all that. And he he, he initiates what God said he had called him to do. Now when you look at 1 Timothy 12.14. Paul says, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord. Who has enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. He said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me. In spite of all the sins he had committed, he was taking people to go and murder them for the sake of the Pharisee gospel. And Jesus encountered him. And Paul led a life of thankfulness. I thank God. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me for that he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry. Many of us would not say he counted me faithful. We say, He counted me somebody to give a bother to. He counted me somebody to worry. That is why he is calling me to do things in the church and in the ministry. But Paul said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord for he enabled me and he counted me worthy, putting me into the ministry. Ministry is not just standing on stage. Ministry is what God has called you to do. The Bible says many are called, not few. My husband always says that because a few pastors sit in front, everybody else dissociates themselves. So we are not called. These are the called ones. But the Bible says many are called. So after you are thankful, Paul said, I thank my God. I was before injurious, I was a blasphemer, but I obtained mercy. Therefore, what am I going to do about it? I'm going to give my life. In obedience and service to God. Amen. Sometimes I meet people and they say, I have a whole lot of problems. I have mental health, this, that, this. Every day I go home, I'm anxious, I'm thinking, I'm doing. I say, oh wow. Have you tried serving God? Serving God. I'm not there. I'm not there. That's what you mean you are not there. Things are not in place before I give myself to serving God. And I said, serving God is therapy. Serving God is therapy. And it gives you fulfillment. It gives you something to live for. It gives you a purpose. Amen. And it should come out of gratitude that God, you've done so much for me. How can I say thanks? What can I give in return? But you're, you're, the only thing you contribute in the church is that you warm the pew. That is the only thing you contribute. Every time, as soon as we close, you are going. You have no one to even talk to. You have no one to even say, how are you today? God bless you. Is it tough today? God's power. let so me pray with you. God will touch you. Not as a pastor, but as an ordinary Christian. You are so consumed with you, yourself, and I. And so there's no life of gratitude and of service. But Paul said, I thank my Lord Jesus Christ for enabling me and counting me worthy and putting me into the ministry. Thankfulness should evoke an action from you. Thankfulness should evoke a reaction from you. When I look at all the things that God has done, I don't even know how to thank him. You know? Even just starting this year, as I've gone to some places with my husband, he was invited to minister in Panama, so I went with him. And as he will stand on the stage to minister, I would see a lot of hungry souls, and I'll see just how God's power will come to bear. And when I'm looking, I say to myself, this man is really a servant of God. From today, everything he does to me, I'll forgive him. (laughs) (laughs) Amen! And then, I followed him to Argentina. As to Argentina, I cannot explain it. I cannot. I mean, I've been in so many meetings in Argentina. I I feel that even the whole church, is an Argentinian church but the whole church every, there was a certain lifting a certain. I saw everybody suspended nobody was everybody, there was some I cannot describe it you know so as I was looking I said hey, look all the issues I have to discuss it's okay it's okay I let it go And then after that, we go home. we come back and we go to Singapore. And then I see him ministering. He's always saying God has done so much for us. Whatever we give back is just a drop in the bucket. And so as we are in Singapore, he's ministering and all that. Then after, so many pastors are coming. This one's from Vietnam. This one's from Pakistan. This one's... We need you in Pakistan. We need you in uh, Vietnam. We need as they say, I say, hey. So when will he marry his wife? We need him on all these continents. But I just say, oh God, who are we that you should even deign to use us? When we in Argentina, the pastor said to me, We've never heard anything like this before. When he preached out there, he said, we've never heard anything like this before. I'm like, really? And then they'll ask me that, so where has he been? Where has he been? And the pastor who invited us, is much, is a bit older. So when we sat, he went out for dinner with us. Then he said, I, I, I can't believe that you are sitting here and I'm sitting here. I cannot believe it. That you are sitting here and I'm sitting here. And I'm like, so when we're going back, I told my husband, this is how We used to feel about Kenneth Hagen, Fred Price, Young E. Chose. How did we get here? How did we come? The man said, I can't believe. I got only two books. Somebody sent me only two books. And I said, let this man come. He said that, Bishop, I have the largest church in Argentina. I've had orangus and everything, but I never knew about loyalty or disloyalty. But I'm pressing on. But now that you've preached loyalty, it means that I'm going to another realm. (laughs) But what makes you think that you must obey God, you must serve him, gratitude, thankfulness. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits? What shall woman of faith render for all that he's done and the fact that you still exist is a miracle. Amen. Even my meeting sister Latina is a miracle. I met her in Korea. I don't know her from Adam. Amen. But God did what he would do. I thank my God through Christ Jesus for enabling me and counting me worthy and putting me in the ministry. Let your heart of gratitude evoke service from you. Serving God is our privilege, not his. You will never enjoy church if you just come and go. You will never enjoy church if you don't serve. Service is your therapy. That's why you are lonely in that place. Now in the UK, they said they want a minister of loneliness because they have come across people for three months. They have not spoken to anybody. Hey, but if you come to church, even the Asha will annoy you. Please sit here. Don't sit here. Please do this. Don't do this. Even that is keeping you alive. What shall I render unto my God for all his benefits? Stand to your feet, please. <laughs> every eye closed and every head bowed. Some of us have a spirit of grumbling. And we didn't even know that it was opening a door to the destroyer. Today, tonight, is a time to repent. Repent. It's not something we are just doing as a cliche. It's a spiritual thing. Worship choir, get ready. Some of us, instead of entering his courts with thanksgiving, and his his presence with thanks, his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise, we enter always with complaints. It's not that God is saying, Don't bring your complaints, but he says that when you are entering, enter his gates with thanksgiving. His calls with praise. You don't want to join the 18 vices of being unthankful in the last days. Be thankful for the church you are in. Yes, it has problems. There's no perfect church. But at least it gives you some sanity. It gives you a covering. It gives you a place of spiritual development. Be thankful to God for it. Thank God for women of faith. For what God has used it for in your life, be thou thankful. And even when you have a shortage and you have a problem, lift up the five loaves and the two fish and give thanks. And as you begin to break it, miracles will happen and God will come down into your situation. Every eye closed and every head bowed. Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. God, give me a thankful spirit. For his mercies
0: shall endure mm. Ever faithful, ever sure For his
1: mercies shall endure Talk to God me from gambling. Deliver me from seeing only wrong things. Deliver me from being unthankful. Deliver me from opening a door to the destroyer. No more.
0: No more. No more. And Father, I give my life. I give my time.
1: I give my service. I give everything that I have. here tonight, say, Lady Reverend, pray for me. I'm not born again. Lady Reverend, I don't know Jesus. I'm not sure whether I'll go to heaven or hell when I die. Lady Reverend, I want to be sure. I want to respond to God's love. I want to respond to God's goodness. You are like that here this evening. Lift up your hands wherever you are lead you to Christ. Lift up your hands. You want to give your life to Christ. You want to rededicate your life to Christ. Lift up your hands and I'll pray with you. If you've lifted up your hands, do one more thing. Come forward and give me the privilege of leading you to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You put up your hand, just come forward. Forget about who is on your left or who is on your right. And just come.
0: Come. If you are here,
1: you want to say, Lady Reverend, I believe I could do more for God. Even what I do, I'm filled with grumbling. And I need a new beginning. Lady Reverend, I want to serve God better. I don't want to just come and go. You are like that here this evening. You want a spirit and an attitude of thankfulness. Just lift up your hands and I'll pray with you. Wherever you are standing, lift up your hands. Some of us have been offended and therefore our love has grown cold. But looking unto Jesus, not unto any man, the author and the finisher of our faith. Father, behold the hands that are lifted up. Your people want to love you. They want to respond to your love with thanksgiving and service. Father, we offer their lives up to you. Cause them to serve you. Cause them to give their lives, their time, and all that they have. Putting you first so that all things will be added to them. Thank you for women of faith. Thank you for the ten years of your faithfulness. Lord, we will not be like the nine lepers. We have come back to say thank you to you. Cause us to, Lord, reciprocate all that you have done by giving our lives to you and serving you well. Thank you for answered prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Hewood Mills, please visit at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Adelaide Hewood Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.